Hello. Hey, you there, Will? I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to our first remote episode of What Does the Bible what Say does About the That? Bible? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> We're still finishing each other's sentences. There you go. We haven't done this in a while. It's been, how long has it been? Has it been a year? Um, yeah, it's got to be coming up. It's close. Yeah. Well... I'm sure like most most people listening or who might listen, they're just cooped up in their house thinking about what to do. And I'm sure podcast episode has come across many people's thoughts. So totally. probably not the only ones. Yeah, yeah. I've listened to many, many, many podcasts. Yeah. There's, there's nothing else to do. So well, maybe we should give people yeah. like an explanation of like why we haven't done one in a while. Um, oh, because yeah. we stopped right when you moved away, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Will, so why don't you tell him? Yeah, just give him a quick little. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I uh, Reese and I were in college together, uh, and then we lived together after Reese graduated a semester before I did, and then I graduated and moved, um, and started working, mm-hmm. and uh, and then six months later, I moved back to Austin. Um and and I got married. Boom. Congratulations. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um Yeah. And then right when you came here, I moved away. That's right. Too. Yeah. So when I came back, Reese left. To yeah. do what? What'd you do? I started up a Bible school out in California. Nice. It lasted a whopping four weeks before we got sent home because of this virus. So here I am. <laughs> Well, good. Four weeks. Yeah. Gold. Yes. Gold rot into my being, I hope. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, right. what, um, we should get into it, huh? Yeah. You, you want to introduce it? Sure. Um, so we thought a cool topic we could get into would be um, what does the Bible say about um, experiencing God? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Will and I both have had our own pursuits of experiencing God and different concepts of what that looks like. And, and we've, you know, done a lot of digging over the past few years. Like, how does it, how, how is God experiential and what ways do we experience him? Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of the topic we were thinking of. Anything right. you want to add there? Yeah, I mean, I think I think for the most part when we started considering this topic. The first thing that starts going through your mind when it comes to experiences of God are, Mm -hmm. you know, in my opinion, it's, it's all the kind of these grand, whatever, I mean, healings, Mm -hmm. um, light from heaven, a loud voice from heaven. I mean, you know, all these types of things that in a way it's like experiences of God's power, maybe. Mm hmm. Um, but yeah, that was kind of, that was kind of my first impression of this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I probably the, so I, I was, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I met a, a charismatic, uh, youth minister, like a youth minister to charismatic denomination. And yeah. he started to explain to me his, um, the experiences he's had, he had had of, um, healing people, of um, 
praying and then like money showing up at his door that was like exactly what he had prayed for in a way right um that's kind of what i thought i think at least in high school what an experience of god was like um, kind of these outward like he answers prayers he um get he heals people through you he he speaks prophetic like future speakings right towards people uh, maybe a tongue. I, I, you know, I didn't really hop into the Pentecostal movement, but that was a thought too, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, I think for me, it, you know, growing up Baptist and um, I, just being around that, that kind of environment was, it was a lot, I mean, it's definitely not charismatic, probably the opposite end of charismatic, uh-huh. but the first experience was like, I guess your salvation to some degree mm. um, when I guess you got really compelled. And then after that, it was like, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe you got a sign every now and then from your uh-huh. outward environment. Like maybe, you know, I, I remember I had, um, I had some, some people in the church that were older than me that would talk about how they, you know, God would show them a sign and they would get a new job or mm-hmm. it, it kind of turned into all these outward things that would point them more so in like a specific personal direction to walk with God. So, yeah, for example, it's like, you know, it's like the, the thought of like, what is God's will for me? That's kind of what it turned into. Mm. Right. And so in a way it started like it started somewhat very personal and subjective. And then it kind of turned into like more objective outward things that um Mm -hmm. yeah i guess just apply to certain life situations yeah and i I, so i think uh i mean just in our conversations about this topic um and in our in our both of our you know seeking diligently in the word of god around this subject um yeah we i mean that we're, we're talking about this it might come off as like as a little bit negative um and that's because we, we started to see that there's, there's something in the Bible that, um, that, that is deeper than this, that right. like, there are different experiences like this in the Bible of light from heaven or tongues. That's totally real. Mm-hmm. Um, but they tend to get a bigger place on the stage in our minds than they actually should have. Um, and there's something that's not what characterized the apostles and the, the Christians in the new Testament. That wasn't like the defining characteristic of what they were doing. When you look in the word um, carefully, you notice these phrases or these things where actually there was something much deeper going on in their lives and in their um, quote unquote experience of God that we need to take note of that. Um, that, yeah, that that's uh that should be like the real pursuit for us, I guess. Right. Um, I'm thinking Philippians three. I don't know if you'd want to go there first or if you have another thought. Um, no, I think that sounds great. Yeah. Philippians. Okay. 3. Yeah. So um, in Philippians three uh, verses seven through 10, mainly, I guess this is um, this is like a gem in the Bible. Um, this I don't, I don't know if you can think of another one, Will, but this to me is like, it's like the only time you really get to understand like what's going on in the Apostle Paul in his like daily pursuit. Um, 
like most of the other things he's ministering to others needs or he's like praying for them. But it's like here he's saying like, this is what I'm trying to do in my day to day life, basically. Um, yeah. 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 No, I think that's a great way to put it. I mean, it's yeah. like he's giving us an insight on on almost like if he's looking you kind of get Paul's view on how he looks backwards towards his life and forwards towards his life. And then kind of mm-hmm. what drives him to some degree. Exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I think this is gold. Yeah. And so here he, if you read it, I mean, we don't have to read all the verses, but just some key points. He's talking about all that he had in his prior life and things that some people would even call gains, like his reputation, all that he had attained to in his education and his religious life. And then he says, all these things that were gains, I've counted as loss on account of Christ. Um, Yeah. And I count all things to be loss on account of the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, um, whom he's trying to gain. It says that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Um, and then verse 10 is the last point. It's to know him. That's what he was seeking to do is right. to, to know Jesus, to know Christ. Um, yeah. So um, I guess the point is um, what Paul was trying to do is he was trying to get to know the person, Christ Jesus, his Lord. Um, yeah. And, and um, not in a way of like knowing about him or learning doctrines about him. Um, it's actually interesting, like the Greek word uh, for know in Philippians. There's two Greek words for know. Uh, what's the what's the other one, Will? Do you know it? I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's it's like edu or I do. Yeah, E-I-D-O. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the one here is gnosko, or I know that's like right. the transliteration or something of it. Um, yeah. But if you look up in a concordance, it'll, it, it'll distinguish the two, and, and gnosko's... Uh, typically refers to a a subjective or experiential knowledge of something. So it's not like knowing about someone or, you know, I've done my research on this person. I know all about, um, like I did a a project in elementary school about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And I know just about Mm. everything there is to know about him um, in terms of his life and his history, but I've never met Arnold Schwarzenegger and I, I don't know him in that sense. I don't right. gnosko him. I, I edu him or however you pronounce the word in that sense. Mm-hmm. And so Paul is saying, I want to subjectively experientially know Christ. Um, yeah. And that's what, that's what he's referring to here. Yeah. So he's, a, I mean, it's a person, not a, not a force. It's a, um, it's Jesus, the Lord as like the man, God, man, Jesus. He wants to know him. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Which is, I mean, yeah, even the more I'm looking at this, the more it just is impressing to me. Like verse seven says, but what things were gains to me, I have counted as loss on account of Christ. Mm -hmm. And then and then you skip down to, uh, well, there's the next verse. It says uh, the very end of verse eight, it says all things and count them as refuse that I may gain Christ. And so, you know, it's like, I I even like the fact that he uses the word gain Mm -hmm. because in a way it's like a gym. It's like, you know, you go to get gains. (laughs) It's like, you're trying to build muscle. And and in a sense, it's like each time you go to the gym, you are 
well, you're gaining muscle. And in this sense, it's like an experience of Christ. It's like our, our mm-hmm. spiritual muscles each time we are, are endeavoring to gain Christ or to get spiritual gains. Yeah. And I say that in quotes <laughs> um, is like an opportunity to, but yeah, I mean, just get stronger. We build these experiences and they build upon one another to where in verse 10, you have this know him mm-hmm. where we, right. where we, you know, it's like, what is it like to bench press 400 pounds? I have no idea. I can't do that. <laughs> but you know, it's like the more I go to the gym, the closer yeah. I get to that, you know, that goal. And so Paul's goal is to know Christ, to possess right. Christ in this way. Right. And so he literally so, says yeah. that, I think later he says, like, I want to lay hold of him. Right. Like, yeah. To lay hold of that. Yeah. Um, and I think it's important, like, this is a huge reason why I think people can get distracted with the gifts is because they think that. Jesus, the man ascended to heaven and he's there now. And now this, this spirit, this ghost is, is within us or upon us and, right. and they're separate. Um, but that, that is not at all how the Bible describes the spirit and describes like Jesus as like a, yeah. he's separate. And now the spirit's there. Um, right. Like uh, just to write off some verses, uh, I wrote these down like Galatians two twenty. it says Christ in you. Or um, right. right, that Christ may live in me. Second Corinthians thirteen five. It's like, uh, do you not know that He dwells in you? Um, yeah. Right. In Romans eight ten, it's the same thing. If Christ is in you, Colossians one twenty seven, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Um, and then even like Second Corinthians three seventeen and eighteen, it talks about how the Lord is the Spirit. Right. Even calls Him the Lord Spirit. Like. Right that it's the same thought as like the father God, like that means the father is God. Um, yeah. So the Lord is not separate from the spirit. That's, that's tritheism. We don't have, believe in like three separate beings, like where the spirit is. Jesus is there. Jesus yeah. and the spirit are one. And where like, it's not as if they're separate like that. So to know him is to know the Jesus who dwells in you. Um, it's even called the spirit of Jesus in Philippians one. So yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's just a huge clarification that we all need. Like Jesus dwells in me. It's not the spiritual force. The person Jesus that I read about in the gospels dwells in right. me. You know? Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think some, sometimes that understanding can be a little difficult when you like you, you know, the Bible in itself is this big mystery that has to be unlocked and discovered and explored. And yeah. Um, and the thing, it's like, we can't, we can't just nail down. Like, I mean, we're, when we're come, when it comes to this matter of God and Christ and his person and the spirit, it's like, it's really hard just to make it black and white. Now in this, mm-hmm. you know, like, like exactly the verses you were just talking about are very clear that Christ is the spirit mm-hmm. in us. Even, right. you know, first Corinthians right. 15, 45 he became the life-giving spirit um but then you know you look at this other side where it's like okay well what about this force you know in genesis you have the spirit brooding over the waters um when -hmm. jesus gets um baptized right you have the the, in a way you have this picture of the triune god the father son and spirit yeah um right in in acts chapter two you have the you know 
spirit descending and there's tongues and all kinds of outward things that are happening. So it's, it's like, it's hard to make so black and white, but the point is like, there, there are two sides of the truth to some, to some extent. Um, and I, sorry, I guess just the point is it's like, we're, what we're focusing on is the application of the spirit when it comes to man, when it comes to what God's heart's desire is mm-hmm. um, in, in regards to man. And so we're not like neglecting right. this other side of the spirit, but mm-hmm. the point is that there's a, there's a really strict emphasis um, and, a, and a, I don't know, what, what would you call it? You don't, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah, the Bible is not trying to give us a, a systematic theology. Right. It's just, it's just describing their experience and their experience is that this person, Jesus lives yeah, in them. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like it's good to have a proper understanding of the trying God and the different nuances, right. but we shouldn't be like afraid to say Jesus. Yeah, is in exactly. Them, Cause that's, exactly. that's literally what the Bible says. Yeah. So um, we just go with the Bible. Yeah. That's our creed, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah, I think, so uh, just to move on, like what, so to know him is Paul's goal. Like, why is this so important? Why should this be what we pursue? Like, what's the importance, I guess, of, um, of knowing him and why should we be doing that instead of trying to heal people maybe, or maybe like, why should that be our primary pursuit instead of like trying to heal people, trying to know God's will, trying to, um, kind of the other things, the other experiences of God we described earlier. Right. Yeah. Well, I think we could go on to verse 11, probably of Philippians three. Uh, mm, yeah. And this is what Paul says. So f- following up the fact that he wants to know Christ, lay hold of Christ, gain Christ. Verse 11 says, if perhaps I may attain to the out resurrection from the dead or, uh, and, and this mm. is like a very unique phrase. Like it's never used anywhere else in the Bible. Um, it's almost like the extra resurrection. Um, what, what, mm-hmm. what else could it be considered? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I'm reminded of like in Hebrews, it talks about like that they would undergo this, that they might attain to a better resurrection. A better resurrection, um, right. Yeah. There, anyways, there's there's a lot of eschatology we could talk about here, but the point is like, there is, there is like an attaining to something. There's a, there's a prize or a, a reward of sorts. Right. Yeah. Like that results from you knowing him. Like if we know him, then we will attain to this X or I think it's literally like X. uh, Wait, how do you say resurrection in Greek? I have no idea. Uh, Is it, is it asthenasia or anesthesia? I forget what it is. That sounds good. Yeah. Anyways, it, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it's to attain to this extra resurrection. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that, that's like, that's, it's, it's a goal that we should be seeking to do. And it comes from our knowing specifically. From yeah. Our knowing of him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm thinking of this other verse too. Um, like in, um, what it, where I think it's, so, so the knowing him, it's actually kind of a theme you can trace throughout the Bible uh-huh. for Paul. Yeah. Um, like in Acts 9, when Paul is originally saved or when the Lord appears to him, he asks this question, uh, who are you, Lord? Right. 
And so it's almost like that's the start of his pursuit. Like, I want to know this Lord. Who are you? Right. Jesus says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Um, anyway, so he gets a, a bit of knowledge right there. Like, this is Jesus. Right. But here in Philippians, it's like 20 years later in Paul's journey. And he's still saying, like, I want to know him. Like, I am seeking to know this person still. Yeah. I haven't already obtained. I'm not already perfected. That's verse 12. But I pursue that I may lay hold of him. Yeah. Um, but then in Second Timothy, which is his last epistle or his last letter he ever mm-hmm. writes, um, in chapter 1, he says, um, I know him in whom I have believed. Uh, I don't know if I just quoted it verbatim there. Sorry, I need to flip to it real quick. Um, <laughs> Second Timothy 1.12. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know whom I believe. And so after Paul has gotten to this point, once he's gotten to the point of knowing him in whom he has believed, he then can say with confidence in verse eight of chapter four um, or in verse seven, it says, I have fought the good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, right. which the Lord with which the Lord, the righteous judge will recompense me in that day. Um, so in Philippians three, he's not confident that he's attained. He's like, I'm still pursuing. I, I need to lay hold of, I, if I may attain yeah. to the resurrection from the out resurrection. Um, but in second Timothy, after he comes to fully know the Lord and I know him whom I believe, then he can say with confidence, I, it, there's a, a crown that awaits me yeah. when I, uh, when I die, he's about to die. He's about to be martyred. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that yeah, exactly. That's like the 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 big point there, right? Which is mm-hmm. which is there's a goal for all these things, and if we get distracted by the outward, um, I don't know what you want to call it, the outward gifts or the outward manifestations or powers, mm-hmm. what we think is these grand experiences of God. If we get distracted and fixated on those things, then we might totally miss. Um, this inward revelation, this inward knowing right. of Christ to, you know, uh, eventually results in attaining the extra resurrection. This, I don't know, obtaining our crown, maybe, at, at, you know, the kingdom. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think um, so just real quick, First um, Corinthians is a favorite among, you know, charismatics, um, the book, because it talks about all the these extra miraculous gifts in chapters 12 and 14 but it's interesting you know the corinthians paul says in in chapter one like you have all gifts you've been blessed with all gifts all knowledge in verse seven i believe chapter one Mm -hmm. but they're still infants in christ um he couldn't feed them solid food he called them fleshy in chapters two and three and infants um and so another reason why this pursuit to know christ subjectively within is because this is actually what transforms us. This, this is what makes us um, better Christians. You could say like it, what's, it's what allows us to progress in our, like being conformed to the image of Christ. Right. Um, it, it, you know, the gifts, the outward gifts, knowing God's will, um, all the things that a lot of times we associate with experiencing God, they actually don't do anything to transform us. Um, like Balaam with his donkey, God was able to let that donkey speak in a tongue, but that donkey remained a donkey. Yeah. Um, 
And, and, you know, when, if I know God's will about which college I should go to or which job I should take or who I should marry, does that make me transform? Does that help me? Like that just gives, that just tells me what to do. And I'm the same person after I do that. Um, so that's another huge part is like this, this knowing of him actually is what changes us as Christians. Um, yeah, that, that's just another thought. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is important, too, because it, it also gives us it also gives us the insight on how we progress in our Christian life. It's not that it's mm-hmm. not that we just um, get better, you know, at, at I don't know, get more disciplined even at reading our Bibles mm-hmm. or, you know, giving or preaching or whatever. I mean, whatever it may be, whatever it looks like in your, in your head of what a good Christian, you know, in, in quotes mm-hmm. looks like, it's like what the Lord's standard is, I think ultimately is found in, well, we've been talking about it, but there's also this verse in second Corinthians. Um, right. I think three, three, yeah, three, 18, three, 17, mm-hmm. 18. Well, I'll read both. This is, an, this is just another, uh, 17 is another verse that proves that the Lord is the spirit. Here's mm-hmm. what it says, it says, and the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And then verse 18, but we all with unveiled face beholding and reflecting like a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, even from the Lord's spirit. Amen. Um, and so this is, I, this is just to me. This is this gives me a lot of hope, um, a lot mm-hmm. of insight, and in, in seeing that's like the Lord's goal is ultimately to have these transformed people, and He's doing that through His Spirit. Um, yeah, and He's doing that. He, he's doing that through revealing Himself in us, and the more He reveals Himself in us, the more He'll be expressed out of us. Um, right. and so this is a process. Um, and surely we, you know, we, we're, he's doing the process in us as we're cooperating with what he wants to do. But right. ultimately to me, this verse just gives a lot of hope. That's like, we will be transformed. We will get to this level mm. of, we'll get to this standard that God wants us to be through his transformation, transformating process. Yeah. 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 I, I'm thinking like, cause this is huge. Like, I think when I was growing up, I thought a lot of times, you know, Christians and Christian growth, it's like moral, um, you're, you're just changing the, what you do to, to be more like Jesus, um, changing your habits. But I think what we're trying to emphasize here is, you know, Jesus is actually living in us as a person. He dwells in us. Um, it's very clear. And when we come to know him and experience him, like this person who lives in us, he changes us. He transforms us. And that word transform, it's, it's like metamorphosis. Yeah. Like that's literally the word. It, it is an actual, like our content is changed. Our mind is literally changed, similar to how a butterfly changes or similar to how, um, you know, uh, 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 you know, think of like, uh, what's the wood, uh, petrified wood, how like it becomes stone. Um, it's like, you, this is the um, you're metabolically changed when you come to know this. Sorry, Reese, hold on, <laughs> my, my fire alarm is going off. 
Oh my gosh. I was wondering if that was me or you. <laughs> okay, I think we're good. All right. <laughs> there's no fire, is there? No, there's no fire. Other than the Yeah, oh. no. But you know what? This is just part of our transformating process. Maybe. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I guess oh, so, yeah, so I, we have to probably wrap up here because we're getting close yeah, to 30. Yeah. Um, but I, I think just maybe we can both give like an, ex, like an example yeah. kind of of what this looks like. Yep. Um, just give people some hooks. We, we can talk more about this in later episodes, how to experience God like this. Um, like for me, like, um, you know, when I, when I, um, I guess when I was first saved, um, at a, you know, weeks into that, I, um, I guess in my time in the word and in my, um, just experience with the Lord and prayer, I started to just have this feeling or this sense of like, um, I guess did like I had treated my, I had a girlfriend prior to being Uh saved and, um, it was a really bad relationship and I, 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 kind of did her wrong if you, if you know what I mean like it was like I, I treated her poorly yeah. I should not I did not treat her like a proper woman like she should have been yeah. treated and I think in my prayer and in my time in the word like the Lord's feeling for her started to come up and I realized that I needed to actually make some clearance of the past I needed to clear away like what had happened I needed to make amends right and so I wrote her a letter and apologizing and, you know, saying that's not proper. And anyways, this was an experience of God as the one who wants to do away with our past, who wants to make amends with, you know, um, the wrongs we've done um, so that we can come to know him more. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, nobody told me to write this letter and nobody told me to do this thing. But um, it's just like in your my time coming to know Jesus, this is just what spontaneously came up. And then, um, yeah. And then I, I felt very released. After yeah. It felt very like, okay, um, I'm cleared of this. This is no longer haunting right. me, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of one thought, like how this could yeah. look, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think for me, just real quick, my experience, or, or I guess one I wanted to bring out was one of almost like the Lord, guess reviving us or re-energizing us because there's a lot of times where you know you don't want to do the things even that you know are necessary for your christian life but like like reading Mm -hmm. the bible praying to the lord um maybe even just not wanting to meet with other christians i mean we all kind of go through these phases and yeah you know to me what happens is you know the, the the bible talks about paul even talks about whenever the the heart turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. And it's like Hmm. a lot of times I find myself in a, in a way with this veil either over my heart or over my mind. Um, And until I'm kind of make that turn to like, you know, look at the Lord or really uh, make myself do something that naturally I don't want to do, which is just to be with the Lord, just to communicate with the Lord. Then immediately Mm -hmm. I found that, this veil is taken away or that the coldness that was there is now, you know, going away or, you know, the, the lukewarmness is now, is now turning hot. And so I've just, I've just kind of found my experience of the Lord to be one of, um, I guess just 
just seeing what what he wants almost it's like we get this rejuvenized um, passion to keep pursuing him to keep going after him um Mm, yeah and for me that's huge because you know there's a lot of times my emotions are just like a roller coaster my feelings are like a roller coaster and i found until i really get have that breakthrough those small breakthroughs with the lord just through each circumstances when i don't feel like talking to him or reading and then i do i just find it to be you know I, i don't know i just find it to be um a spiritual uh, warmth to the Lord. I feel closer to him. I feel like he's revealed himself a little bit more to me just in those small moments of turning or telling Lord, I don't want to do something or I don't feel like, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then immediately there, you know, right. there becomes this, this passion and, and heart, heart for the Lord. Um, and to me, that is just him coming in and kind of caressing me, alluring me, you know, not forcing me to do anything, but just allowing me to kind of come to him as I am. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I think we should probably stop here, yeah. but hope that hopefully that's helpful for people. Um, yeah. We, we, we need to come to know this person, Jesus, who lives in us. That's the proper experience of God. Actually, this is first came to mind that we can end with yeah. um, in Romans 15, 13. Uh-huh. It says, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing um, so that you may abound in hope in the power of the Holy spirit. Um, So yeah, even like in nowadays, like we need to be filled inwardly with this God of hope with all joy and with all peace. Him is our joy. Him is our peace. Um, This is the proper experience of God. And this is really what we need to go on in our daily life. So it's good. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Well, we'll do this again at some point, but I, Glad we're back at it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. Cool. All okay. Right. Well, oh yeah. Do you want to say what we're talking about next time? <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going to do redemption when the time comes. No. Yeah, redemption. No. Regeneration. They're, they're kind of the same thing. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see if that's the case <laughs> next time on. <laughs> what does the Bible say about that? All right. Okay. Bye. All right.